0: Welcome to Your Career Podcast. If you're looking for inspiration in your career or job search, you're at the right place. I'm Jane Jackson, your career management coach and author of Navigating Career Crossroads. For more career advice and support, go to janejacksoncoach.com and find all you need to create the career of your dreams. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast to inspire you to take your career to the next level. In this podcast, I chat with amazing professionals who are leaders in their field and find out what's made them a success. Many of them have successfully made changes in their careers. They may have changed industry, changed job function, made big city or country moves or taken the huge leap into entrepreneurship. I also share practical and actionable career tips for those who want to explore what to do next in their career and aren't sure about what steps to take to get moving. Subscribe to this podcast for regular updates or visit me at janejacksoncoach.com.
1: This is Colin Gray from thepodcasthost.com and you're listening to
0: Jane Jackson Careers. Well hello and welcome back to my careers podcast. Today I'm very fortunate to be interviewing Hannah Martin who runs the talented ladies club in the UK. Hannah is an award-winning copywriter with 20 years experience working for some of the world's biggest agencies and brands. She's also a qualified psychotherapist, hypnotherapist and NLP practitioner. In 2013, Hannah launched the Talented Ladies Club with her friend, designer Carrie Fisher. Together, they're passionate about helping women find ways to fulfill their career and business ambitions while being the mums they want to be. Since its launch, Talented Ladies Club has gone from strength to strength with tens of thousands of readers every month. They publish daily articles and interviews and run a popular membership program packed with over a 100 workbooks and 12 mini courses to help women start and run businesses they love. This is one busy lady. Now, I'm thrilled to have Hannah on the show. And so welcome, Hannah. Hello, Jane. Hi, it's great to have you on the show, and I'm really excited to find out all about you and how your career has progressed. So how about to kick us off, tell us a little bit about where you're from and your early days.
1: Well, um, I'm from the south of England. I grew up in a in a very tiny village in the countryside, and I um, I started out, I did a fine art degree when I left school. Um, I loved art. and I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do something creative, um, but two years into my fine art degree, I realised it wasn't for me. Um, I was being quite lazy. I wasn't really going into college much, um, and I wasn't enjoying it. And I, I sort of realised if I was going to get anywhere in life, it would be on ambition and hard work rather than sort of the piece of paper that I was at college to try and get. So I dropped out, um, and I, uh, I, I I was really lost. And I remember going to see a careers counsellor and just saying to her, "I want the kind of job." that I would do seven days a week for free. I loved it so much, but I happened to get paid for it. Um, and she wasn't terribly enlightened, as they aren't tend to be in small <laughs> villages in Sussex. Um, and she suggested, well, maybe I got a job as a secretary and did a bit of art in the evenings. And I couldn't think of anything worse than that. Um, and so feeling really lost, I saved up and I bought one way ticket to Hong Kong. Now, I'd never, ever been to Asia before, let alone Hong Kong. I had no one there. I had no job, no home, no friends. Um, But I thought, if I'm going to have to have a rubbish job, at least it's somewhere exotic. So I I moved to Hong Kong. And and while I was out there, I did actually find um, my dream job, which was being a copywriter. I had a friend who worked in an advertising agency, and I went in at the weekend to see them. And I just fell in love with the creative department. It felt like an art college. It seemed like just the kind of place that I'd love to be. So I got an appointment with the executive creative director and basically talked him into hiring me. And that was it.
0: Wow, what a fantastic start. And you know, I'm from Hong Kong originally. I grew up there. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so you couldn't have chosen a better place to go. if You were going to escape becoming a secretary. Um, Then Hong Kong was a really good place to go. And so so you got into copywriting. And then how long were you in Hong Kong? And how long were you copywriting?
1: I spent five years in Hong Kong um, and by that point I'd been a copywriter for three years and I went traveling for a year and then came back to the UK and then luckily I worked for Ogilvy and Mather, which is one of the world's biggest advertising agencies yeah. and I had a really good book of work so when I came back to the UK I found it very easy to find work in London at the top agencies and my career didn't really falter. Um, I freelanced for a while and then I worked for some other big agencies in London. So my career has been a mix of um, freelance and permanent jobs. Mm.
0: So from copywriter to now you're running Talented Ladies Club, um, there's there's a, there's a big gap somewhere. I need to find out what the story is. So how did you get from uh, being a copywriter in a very large, well-known uh, agency to running your own business, the Talented Ladies Club?
1: It's not. It's not actually that big a gap, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I when I had my son for um, a great deal of time, I was a single mum. I lived outside London, and i so I was the only breadwinner, and I had to support my son and a no pair, so I worked really long hours in london and i didn't see my son um he was basically raised by other people, I missed his first steps, I missed his first days at school um i was I, I was i guess a sort of the man of the family in many ways you know you go off and bring you bring in the bacon, but you're not really there for family things and and i when I met my partner, my current partner now, and I fell pregnant with my daughter. I decided that I didn't want to do the same thing. And now I had a partner to to share the financial burden with that I would freelance from home. So I stopped going into London and changed the way I worked quite drastically. And initially, it was very difficult because my clients before had been the big agencies in London. um, And many of them are quite old-fashioned in the way they work, and they don't employ people who work from home. So I needed to find direct clients and new different clients. And slowly, I built up a, a freelance career from home. And while I was doing that, I also sort of realized as well that all the time I worked in London, I basically slept in my hometown, but I didn't invest anything in the relationships there. My friends were all either in London or overseas. So when I had my daughter, I was quite lonely. I didn't know anybody in my town. And because I was at home with my daughter, I didn't see my old friends. So I started to reach out to local groups um, and to to find women locally that, that I could get on with. And and I just couldn't believe the wealth of amazing talent that I uncovered. Um, My friends had held um, positions like they were senior buying directors in big fashion brands. They were one of them as a financial director of a big beauty brand. These were women who were at the top of their game. And all of them really struggled after they had children to find a way to do something they really loved, but also be a mum. You know, they couldn't slot back into their... It wasn't even nine to five. It was more like eight to ten jobs when they were mums. Um, but they hadn't lost any ambition. And they were really quite lost. And I myself, having found my own way to do that, really wanted to help these women. And not just the women that I knew personally. But I thought, if in my small hometown I could come across so many women like this, there must be hundreds of thousands of them around the world who feel the same. Um, and that's where the idea of Tanz Ladies Cup really came, came alive. Wow that is so
0: amazing you you know it it's so tough as a single mum and then it's so true when you're working so hard, and then you're trying to look after your own child or your own children, you tend to get quite isolated, don't you? Um, and you mm. still want to be able to contributing to be contributing to society, or you know, to, to make new friends. But but sometimes you end up in your your little bubble um, with you and and your child, and then the work. And so having that uh, support group of that that you've obviously developed with Talented Ladies Club is so valuable for everybody all across the uk and also overseas
1: yeah i think it's and i think what we forget we tend to look at work as fulfilling a very specific need as in work equals money but it's so much more than that if you ask a woman in her 20s um and you meet so one of the first questions you'll ask is what do you do um and then when we have children people stop asking you that you know they, you go to the school gates people don't ask you what do you do and so when you're younger a massive part of identity is is embedded in, in who you are in fact one of the things we ask children is what will you be when you grow up what do you want to do and so our career is not just a way that we earn money it's a big part of who we are and then when we have children when we step away from that career we then need to redefine ourselves because we lose a massive part of our identity so I think it's it's a lot more than just simply working I think it's it's a lot to do with your emotional health and your 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 mental health
0: Mm, yes, and feeling that you're you're still contributing to the community that you're worthwhile, I think there's mm. there's so much emphasis put on you know like job titles and and you're absolutely right when you become a mum, and I know I felt like this as well when my kids were younger, it's like, okay, you're a mum now. And then it's, like, well, I'm a lot of other things as well, but but people do tend to put you in that, that little bit of a box. And so oh. tell me, Talented Ladies Club, because I know it's just such a great membership site um, and there's so much information in there and it, it's just so, um, oh, what can I? Say it's just there's so much information and so much support for people who might feel a little bit lost and not quite sure what to do, and the, you've got your forums there where there's so much support. Tell me, how did you come across? How did you come about actually starting the entire business itself?
1: Well, I had the idea, um, and I'd, I'd sat on it for about a year and a half because I didn't really know what to do with it. I knew there was a need for something like this because at that time I looked around. And there were no other sites that talked to me. There were some sites that were set up for mums who who worked, but they didn't really appeal to me. They didn't talk about... It was more like you used to have a career, now just do anything. It it, it seemed to sort of dumb down slightly that, that we had to take second best because we were mums. And I felt really passionately that that wasn't the case. And that certainly wasn't something I was prepared to do and nor my friends. And so anyway, I had this idea, but I I didn't really know what form it would take. I was just a little bit scared because I had never set up a business on my own before. And I just had this thing that I am not an entrepreneur. I thought you were either born with that sense of being an entrepreneur, fully formed. Um, I didn't really have the confidence to do it on my own. And it wasn't until um, Carrie, who who I do talent Ladies Club with, was a friend of mine. And one day she said, oh, you've just been talking about this idea. (laughs) I'll do it with you. Why don't we do it together? And about the same time, a friend of Carrie's had just qualified as a business coach. And she was looking for her first clients to get her going. And she offered a couple of free sessions. And I always want to think of who I could put forward as a recommendation. And I thought, well, why don't I do it myself with this little idea that I've had for so long, not done anything with. Um, and within seven days of my first session, I had a business plan and within four months, the site was live. So once I'd really I think the most important thing about that business coaching is I realized actually no one is an entrepreneur until they actually do it. And the only way you can become it is, is to try and make mistakes. And Everybody makes mistakes. Richard Branson makes mistakes. That's all part of learning. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, once I got going, that was it. There's a lot of people thinking about setting up their businesses. They... I know a
0: business plan is very important and having a marketing plan is very important. But I reckon the most important thing is to have the passion, the drive, the dream and the desire for success and then just get on with it. Because yeah. done is better than perfect. And we're going, we, we're going to make mistakes regardless. And I know certainly for me, um, I have an idea and I think, OK, well, let me give it a go. And see if it's going to work and if it doesn't quite work I'm going to fix it as I go along and this is how really um, my business evolved over the past 15 years because I I wasn't quite sure exactly how I was going to structure it at the beginning and um, I do these road to entrepreneurship workshops and everyone says okay well give me the exact steps of what do I need to do in order to get from A to Z and the path is so different for many people. So good on you for for getting it started and and also making such a success of it in such a short period of time. So tell me, when you were setting everything up and within four months you said um, you had the, the business was launched, what was the most challenging aspects of getting the business up and running for you?
1: I think for me, it was the technical aspect because that was something that I couldn't learn and we had to outsource um, and luckily, we've got a brilliant developer. Um, so for me, that that was the the block because I can I'm a real doer and I'm a learner, and I can you know I taught myself SEO, I, I learned those things. But actually, physically developing a site was something that was beyond my ability, and it was something I wasn't prepared to learn. It was it was too much of a journey. So I think it was it was that side of it having to outsource something and depend on someone else and their timings because. Uh, and actually, it also was well just time. I mean, Carrie and I—we um, launched with a hundred pages. So, so from December to to um, April, when we launched, we came up with the idea. We came up with the plan. We did the wireframes. We did the site map. We and then we kept, we had to write and design a hundred pages of copy to go up. Um, and that was just so we gave ourselves such a huge workload. And there were times where <laughs> we'd have a meeting and it was so sleep deprived. We couldn't even talk. <laughs> but um, we, we were really we, we had set. I think that's a really good thing. We had set ourselves a really ambitious target. And we were determined to meet it. And we did. And it was an inhuman sometimes <laughs> workload. But we got it done. You,
0: you know what? You're talking about sleep deprived. Being a mother prepares you for being sleep deprived for sure. So, so you were probably on a roll already. Yeah. And so yes. setting everything a hundred pages to get you know up and running. I mean that that's phenomenal, isn't it? There's so much work. So tell me the most rewarding aspects of setting up the business.
1: Um there's a few. I think um number 1 it is seeing our Google organic search just skyrocket. That's been fantastic because you put in that hard work. You know we've published over 830 articles now. Um we publish one a day. So you know you put in that hard work and then when you see it pay off that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I think probably it's When women say how much it helps them, because that's where we started in the first place. We wanted it to be this amazing online free resource to help women. So when people say, oh, that that article really helped me. I don't feel alone. Um, You've given me confidence. You've given me strategies and tactics that's the most rewarding thing because that's why we started the site.
0: Mm. And mm. so now, typically, what, what's the demographic of your membership? Are they young mums or older mums? Or uh, tell me a little bit about your your typical members.
1: Um, I think, well, in terms of it's it's readers rather than members because we we have a membership site, but our actual site is we call it Talent Ladies Club, but it's open for everyone. It's really important to us that it's free and open to anyone who needs it. So when we started it, my if I looked at kind of who I, I was personally writing for, it was women like me. So it was women in their late 30s, early 40s who've had careers which they absolutely love. They do things they're passionate about and they're looking for a way to make that happen, either career, or business or freelance but around having children. But in fact, although that's at the core readership that I personally think about when I write, we appeal to a really broad spectrum of people. I mean, we have about 20% of our readers are male. Um, they are, you know, and, and, and actually our core age is probably about 35 to 45, but we have people in their 20s and people in their 50s and 60s reading it. And, you know, it's, it's there for absolutely everybody, you know, anyone that finds it helpful or inspiring you know it's a really important thing I think as well is that it's a lot of advice articles on there but we also want to really inspire people and get them thinking that I can do that too Yes,
0: certainly I know going through your your site, it inspires me. I think it's absolutely amazing. So I'm (laughs) so glad it's there as an offering for so many people.
1: And that's interesting. I didn't realise that you had a 20% male readership. Yes, and we have from the beginning, actually. So, I mean, you know, a lot of our articles about, you know, careers and entrepreneurship are are as valid towards men. And I think certainly now our organic search has really taken off. People find us in all kinds of ways. You know, you might put in um, toxic people, for example, our um 10 giveaway signs of a toxic person is is always our most viewed article because it for some reason does really well on google and um, you know so people type in toxic men and women are searching that and we come up top and they, they click on us so so yeah and i'm delighted to help men just as much as women
0: well i'm, I'm glad i'm glad to hear that Hannah. <laughs> now tell me on your site what are all the offerings that people can enjoy
1: well, our, our main site, so com is um, like advice and inspiration. Um, we have a real breadth of articles from how you write a business plan to how you do a business strategy, to how you cope, how you get on with colleagues in your career, to things like psychology and health and well-being as well. And I think it's you have to look at a career holistically. You can't look a bit at a business or a career in isolation. It's part of your life. And if other areas of your life are not working, then your career or your business won't work. So we try to look at the whole person. So we'll have advice on a, on a broad range of topics. But the idea is to, is to keep you happy and keep you ambitious and keep you successful. Success being whatever that means to you. Um, we have inspiration articles as well on the site. Then separately, we have um, a membership club called Kickstart, which is relaunching in the beginning of September. And what that does is um, it takes it up a step. So you'll find advice and inspiration on our main site. But in Kickstart, we give you actual tools. So we've got over 100, as you mentioned earlier, 100 workbooks um, that guide you practically through all the things that you need to do and mini courses and little 10 minute coffee break videos if you want to do something like like for example we've got brilliant PR tip how you know we've got coverage in the Sunday Times and the BBC and we've got it from one really really simple PR tip and we share that in our videos so lots of really practical tips um, and a really important sense of community we've got a friendly Facebook page where people um, it's a private group for the club where people will ask questions they will share their websites and ask for advice So you've got that sense of um, a peer group who are there on your side and and you can be accountable and and you can share problems and get solutions.
0: It's so exciting just listening about it. I am joining Kickstart in September. And certainly (laughs) you must you must remind me as well so that I can promote it as much as I possibly can in the lead up to it, because your readership is not just based in the UK, is it?
1: no it's it's global so our uk's have our um biggest market but um north america and australia are also and rest we have people all over the world but but certainly north america and australia and new zealand are our second biggest uh, two third second biggest markets Mm
0: -hmm. just listening to you is so inspiring Hannah. i want to ask you for anyone thinking of going into entrepreneurship what would be your top three tips for success
1: Okay, so firstly, really important, know your audience. A lot of times people start business, they focus a lot on what they're doing, you know, what their product or service is and what they want to get out of it. But actually the focus really should be on who you want to appeal to. Because if you're really clear about what problem you solve for people and how you specifically solve it and where those people are, then you can find them and you can talk to them and you can interest them and engage them. Um, And I think when I see businesses failing to do that well and I've seen some brilliant businesses that get it completely wrong which is really frustrating it's usually because they are not focused on their target audience they're not really clear about them Um, and actually as a side thing to that as well uh, some people try to go too broad they'll try to appeal to the broadest possible range of people thinking if my catchment is a million people then I'll I'll potentially get more customers. But actually, the narrower you focus your audience, the more specific you are about the people you're helping and the problem you meet, the more likely you're going to engage those people because they will know you're talking to them. Um, The second tip is to, um, to have goals, to set yourself goals. They're really important because... If you don't know where you want to get to, then you can't design a strategy that's going to get you there. And and actually, when you have a goal as well, when you set a really clear goal, that's ambitious but achievable, um, your brain kind of looks unconsciously for ways that it can help you to get there. It's almost like creating a blueprint in your mind that your brain is unconsciously working to. So I think the, the best analogy I've had with this is like you wouldn't set out on a long journey without a map. And without knowing where you're going to. And starting a business is no different. Don't start a business without knowing what you want to achieve, and even better, the steps that you need to take to get there. And the third one is just to stick at it. Um, Businesses, it's not always easy. I mean, we've had, we've been, we launched just so, not even two and a half years ago now, just over two years. And we've had our low days and low months. You know, when we first started out and we were putting out articles every single day, we launched with 100 articles and we were really plowing the time into it. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and our reader figures just weren't going up, And they'd plateau for a while and they'd go up a little bit and then plateau – Um, So we've had those days when you think, what's the point? You know, is it ever going to go anywhere? Um, We're doing a lot of work for not much reward. But we were really determined and we kept at it. And only by doing that do you see results. So stick at it. You will have to ride out the days and the months when no one seems to notice you. But if you've got the foundations of your business right, you will get there in the end. And you will fail along the way. You know, you will have to change things that you do. Things aren't working. But if you stick with your goal and you... Really, really work at it and you're flexible to recognize things aren't working, but you stay true to your business. You will get there.
0: So just to recap, one is to understand your audience, to really niche, because if you specialize in a certain area, you'll be more successful rather than throwing the net out as wide as possible. Two is to set really clear goals so you know where you want to get to. And then three is to stick at it and keep going, even when you go through the really tough stuff, because it always ends up being a little bit hard before. The real success starts to come that's fantastic advice and hannah i could talk to you all day because you're just so interesting and i've just decided i'm definitely going to have to pu- have you come back for part two and part three because there's so much more that everybody could learn from you um now where can people find you it's give me the website again the website is talentedladiesclub.com Mm-hmm. And if people wanted to reach you directly, is there an email address that they can they can contact you at?
1: Um, but there's a contact page on the form. but if they, they're very welcome to email me directly. My email address is hannah, that's H-A-N-N-A-H, at talentedladiesclub.com. Wonderful. And
0: also we can find you on Twitter. We can find you on Facebook. And are there any other, other social media sites where they should be hunting for Talented Ladies Club?
1: Uh, well, if they're on Pinterest, Carrie is Carrie loves Pinterest, so we're also on Pinterest as well. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Hannah.
0: It's such a pleasure to talk to you. And you are such a wealth of information. Plus, your passion just comes through so strongly that um, I'm feeling really inspired. And um, it's the morning in London or in the UK right now. It's evening in Sydney. And I'm so excited. I don't think I'll be able to get to sleep. So <laughs> I'm going to hop on to Talented Ladies Club again and go through all, all of the you know, interesting articles that you've got there. Thanks so much, Hannah.
1: Oh, thank you, sir. It's been lovely. Thank you so much for inviting me on. And you will be back. I will be. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thanks. Bye, Hannah. Thanks. Bye, Jane.
0: You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com. For joining me today for affordable career help, please check out my Career Success Program. I provide a unique blend of online and live career coaching to help you take control of every aspect of your career or career change. If you aren't aware where you want to be in your career, let's talk. Check it out at thecareersacademy.online. The links are in my show notes.